0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, December 10th, 2012. Today we are reading from the big book. We are in Chapter 6 into action on page 78, the very first full paragraph, beginning with in nine cases out of ten. Today's readers are... Fran, Penny E., Carol P., and Judy B. And the share code for yesterday's meeting, the Step 5 topic, is 3476, 3476. O.A. Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to eat and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Lois to read the 12
1: steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Lois, a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. The 12 steps. One, we admitted that we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, Eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to them to some to such people, whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten continued to take personal inventory of ourselves. When we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number eleven sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact of god as we understood him number 12 having had a spiritual awakening as a result as the result of these steps we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs thank you and i pass
0: thank you and i will now call on rebecca to read the 12 traditions
2: This is Rebecca. I'm a uh, recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on...
0: Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 78, the first full paragraph beginning with In 9 Cases Out of 10. And I will ask Fran to begin reading,
3: please. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision for you. This is Fran,
4: Compulsive Overeater. In nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens. Sometimes the man we are calling upon admits his own fault. So feuds of years standing melt away in an hour. Rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. Our former enemies sometimes praise what we are doing and wish us well occasionally they will offer assistance it should not matter however if someone does throw us out of his office we have made our demonstration done our part it's water over the dam and i pass thank you
0: thank you fran
3: would anyone like to comment on this paragraph or one ton This is Sarah.
4: Can I share?
0: Of course, Sarah. Good morning to you.
4: Good morning. This is Sarah, recovered compulsive overeater. Good morning, Glenn, a vision for you. It should not um it should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of his office. We have made our demonstration, done our part. It's water over the dam. This is just reminding us what our purpose is. Our purpose is not to um, to make somebody else feel a certain way. It's for us to clean up our side of the street. It's for us to right a wrong, to correct ourselves, and to put ourselves right on the right path of doing the right thing and and taking responsibility for our own behaviors. We cannot control the way other people will receive us. But nonetheless, we still must do the right thing. And it's not always easy. But this is just telling us not to hold expectations as to how we will be received. Because sometimes there are going to be people who don't, who are not interested in what we have to say or who are not interested in in rebuilding a relationship that may have been broken, but nonetheless we have we have we have to do our part, and what is our part is to um, take that responsibility and to own our own behavior and by doing that we we've done what's right. And then let it go. It's water over the dam. And how comforting it is to have in these clear cut directions what we can expect, what might happen, and what might happen, even what might not be pleasant, that might happen. But yet, we're still prepared. And we are held, we're holding in right intentions, because now we're living on a new plane in an effort to do God's will. It's no longer about us feeling better. It's about us now living a principled way of living, doing what's right. Being God's servant, we just do what we need to do, and then we let it go. No expectations. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you so much. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? This is, this Paula, is Paula. This is is Linda
5: ahead. in Connecticut. Okay. Paula,
0: and then we'll catch everybody else. Thank you.
5: There you go. Thank you so much. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive oh reader I'm just going to take that first line. This paragraph is just uh, so powerful. But that first line, in nine cases out of ten, those are pretty good odds. The unexpected happens. See, I always have my own expectation of what's going to happen. And what does it say? The unexpected happens. Nine cases out of ten. Sometimes the man we are calling upon admits his own fault. I come with my motives clear and my intentions. I have no right to expect this man to accept what I offer. But what it says here, if he does, so feuds of years standing melt away in an hour. That part, you know, I keep thinking of down um, Carol P's way, New Mexico way. When it snows, the snows fall, and it, and you see it melting before your very eyes. You say, wow, how quickly that melted. And that's it. But in New Hampshire, it does not do that. It does not do that as quickly. But this part, what happens here, melt away in an hour? Could that be all the resentments, the anger, and when two come together, what God can do? We have no right to expect this. But if it does, we get to see yet again God working and us clearly doing our part. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass.
0: Thank you. I heard Linda. Who else was trying to get in? Kim. Kim. Okay, Linda and then Kim, please. Thanks.
6: Hi, it's Linda, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, gosh, I had wonderful experiences with this uh, step, and, with, and I certainly understand the paragraph, at least in part. I just wanted to share something very sweet. This is a very serious thing, and everything that's been said, I experienced, and yet there are these very surprising, tender moments, and um, it just kind of floored me. I hope it doesn't sound silly to you, because it wasn't silly to me. When I was a very little kid, there was a corner store, a mom-and-pop store, and they sold candy, and you know what I did. I stole some of it. I think probably only a couple pieces of bubblegum. But, you know, after I was working on my fourth step, I remembered that. And it was like a little tiny nick or cut, and it hurt. And I thought, well, I better say something. Now, some people would bypass that, but I was, I guess, such a perfectionist that I (laughs) I went went to the wall doing this. So I went to this man that I knew very well. I went to his house, and I talked to him, and I cried like I was that little tiny kid. And do you know, he cried too, and he said, I shouldn't have sold it. I shouldn't have sold all that stuff to little kids. And we both cried, and we both felt an awful lot better. And to me, that shows not only the power of the steps to to remove big things, but little things that hurt, and it united the two of us. So I just wanted to share it because it was so sweet and so human. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Linda. And now to Kim, please. Thanks, Leia.
7: Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overreader from South Jersey. Our former enemies sometimes praise what we are doing and wish us well. Our former enemies. So this is the action steps. You know, we've done a lot of work here. You know, we've done our step four. We've done all four columns. We've seen our part. You know, we know with the wrongs that we have done and we are ready to be free of them. You know, we've Looked at our character defects, the patterns in our lives, our coping mechanisms. We've looked at, you know, dishonesty, selfishness, self-seeking. We've asked God to remove them, good and bad, good and bad. And we've made that list of those people we need to go back and repair. And then we're now going out. We're taking another action. We're going out there. So our former enemies. Is it our former enemies because feuds of years standing melt away in an hour? And the ones that kicked us out of the office are are still our enemies? No. No, they're former enemies because of the work that we've done. We now understand it's our part. The resentments are gone. It is not about if someone kicks us out of our our office or if someone praises us for what we're doing. The freedom of the ninth step is taking the action because now we don't have to carry that resentment around. We have repaired that path. Whether or not someone accepts it is none of our business. Whether someone accepts it does not diminish the freedom that we're going to feel. Because they're now former enemies. Because we now understand that those people that hurt us were doing the best that they could at the time. We're realizing the people that hurt us were people that we have stepped on their toes and they have retaliated. So since we have done this work, since we have done this action, they're now former, they're former enemies. We do not go down the street and be worried about running into our old neighbor gym. We're not going to the mall and worrying about Aunt Sally having to be there. We're not going to a family gathering worried about how so-and-so is going to act. They're now our former enemies because of the work that we've done and the freedom, the promises are right around the corner. So it doesn't matter if feuds of years melt away in an hour or if someone kicks us out of of their office. We are going to experience that freedom because of the actions that we are taking to repair our past. And how they are received by another person is incidental. And that's why the true freedom is making the amends, not the outcome of the amends. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Kim. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. It says here, rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. Um, You know, what's the number one priority here? The number one priority is to access this power greater than ourselves that's going to restore us to sanity. So the fact that I have done steps one through eight particularly steps four through seven, where I'm beginning to examine the attitudes and the ideas that float around in this brain of mine that I have prepared myself to knock on this office door. You know, I am preparing to take responsibility. I am preparing to take responsibility for the consequences of my behavior in the past. I'm I'm now... Uh, no longer pointing my finger, blaming the world on uh, on on my behavior and my actions. I'm the one that's now disciplined by God to do this right thing, right? To have God be my master, to obey and submit myself to him. So rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. So no matter what occurs in that office, whether I am embraced with perhaps... Uh, You know, a good cheer um, or whether I'm booted out of the office doesn't really matter because the point is that I'm taking responsibility that I was a creator of disharmony, that I caused harm. And so this is not a, a step where I'm ashamed. We're not ashamed while doing the ninth step. This is not an exercise in beating oneself up. Making amends is, a, in a very spiritual sense, a very dignified process because we are doing the right thing. And if I delay doing this, if I delay doing this, then I'm going to be the one to suffer because it will delay my growth. It will delay my, uh, rep, my uh, relationship that I'm building with God and also of course I'm if I experience the stagnation in my process towards God then I'm then I'm stalling this building of a new and healthier life it says uh, here, it should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of his office. <laughs> this is when it's a good time to remember uh, step one. You know, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I'm on a life and death errand. That's why I'm doing this. We have made our demonstration. We have done our part. And as many people have shared uh You know, oftentimes we are received very well. I remember my very first amends was kind of an easier one where I was just going to pay back some money from a local establishment, a grocery store where I had resided. Um, I, too, had stolen uh, much food over the years, and so I was going to pay back. And I remember knocking on the manager's door and saying that I needed to meet with him, and I had uh, stolen some goods over the course of time, and I wanted to make reparations. And perhaps he saw me shaking in my boots or such. So his response to me was, "I've been there. I know that the ninth step can be challenging." (laughs) So obviously, this was a friend of Bill W. So that was God kind of smiling down on me that day. Uh, With that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Jan. Hello, this is Penny C. Good morning. Good morning. We'll go Janice and then Penny C, please. Thanks.
7: Good morning. Good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know, I, I love this paragraph and I agree, you know, nine times out of ten is pretty good odds, very good odds. You know, it's telling me that if I am arriving at this step and I am doing this step and taking this action, with this kind of sincerity, with this kind of humility, that chances are what happens is going to be very, very, very good. You know, because I am in a place now where I'm beginning to feel this transformation. You know, this is a transformation of attitude, of outlook on life. You know, it is something that we are all experiencing as a part of this process. And so we're taking actions and becoming whole new people, whole new people. And so when we go with that attitude, I remember so well my own experiences with Step 9. And I went with an attitude of sincerity that I would never have been able to take with me before this. You know, I really felt the presence of God with me, with me. And it humbled me. And yes, there might have been some some anxiousness doing it because my experience was not very good with this kind of thing yet because I hadn't done enough of them yet. But as I did them one by one, I experienced what this paragraph says. You know, oftentimes they wish us well. Oftentimes they wish us well. And even when they aren't able to accept that kind of thing from me at this point in time, sometimes it comes later. That was my experience. Sometimes it comes later. But when it comes, it is nothing short of a miracle to experience it. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you so much. And now to Penny C. Please.
8: Good morning, everybody. It's Penny C. from Massachusetts and recovered compulsive overeater. What I wanted to point out in my experience here was the the need for a recovered sponsor when I approach the this step um, yeah, it's true for me that nine times out of ten the results was was miraculous even um even so joyful one I remember one one instance where the joy just continues i just even years later I think about the the uh incident and how I met with this person and and the 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 wonderful feeling that came um of that forgiveness and acceptance and, and true love. However, I did come into a situation another time where I I spoke to my sponsor and was ready to make amends and I was told that uh, we couldn't talk until I admitted everything was my fault and it stopped me in my in my tracks. I didn't know what to say and was was upset, quite upset. So to have a sponsor who would help me decide the best way I could make the amends then to be there so I could um bounce off her the reaction I received. So I would be left in in you know in a, in a loving state and not not even uh, I think the chances that, that at that point were that I could have had another resentment to to deal with, but it was quickly a wonderful thing that I was able to talk to my sponsor and go on my way. So um, I just I, I'm very grateful, and I just uh, think it's just so so important that we have a recovered sponsor when we when we approach any of these uh, amends we're going to make. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Let's move on to the next paragraph now, with Penny E, please.
8: Thank you, Leah. Good morning, everybody.
3: Penny E, a recovered compulsive overeater. Most alcoholics owe money. We do not dodge our creditors. Telling them what we are trying to do, we make no bones about our drinking. They usually know it anyway, whether we think so or not. Nor are we afraid of disclosing our alcoholism on the the theory it may cause financial harm. Approached in this way, the most ruthless creditor will sometimes surprise us, arranging the best deal we can We can, we let these people know we are sorry. Our drinking has made us slow to pay. We must lose our fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go, for we are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. And I would like to share. Thank you. Uh, This last sentence, we must, and, you know, many of us, have played the game, how many musts are there in the big book, but this program of uh, action, these uh, precise directions, really are all a must, if if we think about it, if we want to recover, if we want to be at peace, if we don't want the obsession of the mind to be there, Um, and he tells us here, for we are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them, so we must must lose our fear of creditors. Fear, we know, we had that on our, fourth, on our fourth step. You know, fear is really a disrespect to God, character defects, so to speak. Um, and the opposite of that, the fourth column, is to put our trust in God. You know, God's brought me to this program. God has brought me this book. And now I have to follow directions. So I must lose my fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go, for we are liable to drink. So the other thing involved here, of course, is that dishonesty. You know, it talks about um, uh, dodging. You know, I didn't dodge creditors, but I certainly dodged people who I thought had harmed me or I had harmed. And it's it's not a spiritual way to live. It's full of fear. Am I going to walk into them? Do I have to answer the phone? I can't answer the phone, so on and so forth. That's not how, you know, this book is describing us to live today. So I definitely have an ulterior motive. I don't want to drink today. I don't want to be afraid to face them. With God, I can do everything. I've already turned my will and my life over to the care of God. Trust in God. If God brings me to it, he's going to get me through it. And the other thing I think somebody else uh, talked about is, you know, there might be consequences. This may not go. You know, like, oh, I'm so thank you, I thank you so much. What a great thing you're doing. You know, we'll just cross all the red red ink off of here, and you're going to be fine. That may not be it. We may have consequences, and that's okay. That's okay because we'll be able to deal with the consequences with God, you know, and I'm a grown up today, I'm recovered, so if I did anything wrong, part of my amends is to accept the consequences, you know, so I'm just great- very grateful, everybody, thank you for loving. loving me I'm always ending with the wrong word thank you for letting me share and uh, have a beautiful God filled day everybody thanks
0: thank you Penny anyone else like to comment on this paragraph
3: jump in the water is warm
0: this is Kim Kim go ahead
7: good morning again everyone we must lose our fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go, for we are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. You know, we are going to hear this a couple times in Step 9. You know, we are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. And, and my experience in sponsoring is the most common times that people pick up is in Step 4 and Step 9. Because in Step 4, we're starting to pull away that, that drapery of all the reasons that we quote-unquote ate all the reasons that we hid from the world all the reasons we had to escape and all the reasons we needed oblivion and now in step nine we're bringing to the light all those reasons we are letting that go but we're having to admit all those faults that we discovered in step four and five so this is the time where we're the disease is getting strong because those promises are coming up and our disease does not want us to get to that point where we're recovered so it says we're liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. So we put our, those, those um, amends on the list and we keep going because we keep asking ourselves that, that question we hear so often, how free do we want to be? How free do we want to be? Is it worth it to eat again just because we don't want to lose faith among these people that we owe money? I mean, a lot of us, I know for myself, going back to people that I babysat for, you know, was so humiliating. Why do I have to admit something I did when I was 14 or 15 years old? Well, because I was avoiding those families. I was avoiding those neighbors because I was so embarrassed about my behavior as a teenager. You know, the fact was I didn't pick my babysitting jobs on the behavior of the children. I picked my babysitting jobs on what they had in their pantries. If the food wasn't good enough, I didn't take the job. So I didn't want to have that feeling. I didn't want to have that embarrassment. I didn't want to have that shame because that is the reason that I would pick up the drink, pick up the food, so I didn't have to feel those feelings. So I have to go to those people, go to those employers. I worked in a 7-Eleven, and to, and to go and admit that I was, you know, the best part of the 7-Eleven was all the food that I could eat. And go there because I don't want to carry around those resentments. I want to live in 2012 as a free woman and stop being weighed down by the 80s and the 90s and even the 70s. You know, so we have to lose our fear. And how do we lose our fear? Because we did step four and five. We see that we're the architect of our own misery. We go through six and seven and we ask God to remove these character defects that block us from our fellows, from God, and from ourselves. And in steps eight and nine, we are going to get those blockages out of the way so we can be reunited with God, our fellows, and ourselves. So we are so close. So we have to remember that we have committed that we're going to go to any lengths because if we do not go to any lengths, we are liable to drink and we are afraid to face them. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you,
3: Kim. Anyone else? on this paragraph. This is Lois, may
1: I share?
0: Of course, Lois, go ahead.
1: Hi, good morning everyone. Uh we must lose our fear. Or perhaps we could drink again, but for me, um I I still I still felt my fear. You know, I want to say that I felt terribly <laughs> afraid. But, you know, do, with the fourth and the fifth step, I learned and I admitted I admitted these, um, these um, situations where I had been dishonest and stole and owed people amends. And so I had a witness. You know, first of all, God was my witness, and I, you know, I had truly, you know, wanted to be of maximum service to God, and, and I, but I was terribly afraid. I want to say that. I, I hadn't lost it. But, and I had admitted this to my sponsor, you know, so um, I had a witness. I had two, one live and one a spirit. So I mean, I, if I could have backed out, I probably would have. But because you know this book is so uh, so wonderful, and they knew us, that um, I I, ne- I had to go forward. I needed to go forward. And because she was my witness, she also you know was supportive of me and prayed for me and 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 uh, reminded me that I was. I promised that I would be willing to go to any lengths to make amends. So, you know, I had to face my fears and walk through them, and it was when I came out the other side, you know, that's where I realized, you know, that my fears had been removed. So um, I'm very, very grateful for all of those changes that enabled me, you know, to, um, to to not be too afraid of my fears. But, you know, somebody mentioned once that fear knocked on my door, and I opened it, and there was nobody there. So thank you very much, and I pass
0: Thank you, Lois. Anyone else? It says here, most alcoholics owe money. <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> we do not dodge our creditors. I know I, <laughs> I, I did some dodging before recovery. You know, those phone calls from creditors would start coming in, and, uh, you know, I just wouldn't answer the phone. I'd have other people take the message, you know. Um But when it came to recovery process, it was a life and death errand. I mean, uh, you know, again, no door number three for someone like me. (laughs) Either I was going to continue to eat myself uh, into insanity and, and death, or I was going to pick up this kit of spiritual tools. There was no door number three. How many times was I going to go around the vicious cycle of looking for another way out and only getting pummeled, uh, you know, to a greater extent, the next time around. I mean, there just was no way other way out. There was no other way out. I had tried, I had tried. So it says most alcoholics owe money. We do not dodge our creditors. So it's time to start standing up and facing the facts, Leah. Your your con, your behavior has resulted in some consequences. Now it's time to face the heat. And it took you know it took some courage to do this, but you know. Um, you know this is where God comes in, you know, yes, there was some f a little bit of fear of course running through my veins, but courage isn't the absence of fear it's it's the mastery of it you know and and you know you uh you pray and 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 God gives you the ability to do what you did not think was possible it says telling them what we are trying to do we make no bones about our drinking they usually know it anyway whether we think so or not you know so making a phone call saying you know i am a i've been a troubled person and is there a way that i can make out a payment plan so that i can pay back what i need to in order to make good on this um you know this is As Janice said, this is an action of humility. Yes, it is. It also is building some integrity, something (laughs) I lacked, and some sincerity and some honesty. These are the spiritual principles now that we are implementing in our lives and allowing ourselves to be governed by. You know, no longer am I being governed by feelings. I don't feel like it. Well, Leah, you know, it doesn't matter how you feel because you're gonna, your face is going to be down in the uh, ice cream container <laughs> if, if you don't do what God is asking you to do right now. So get busy. Um, you know, the big book teaches me at some of these we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With that, I pass anybody else on this paragraph. I'll take that as a no. Let's move on to the next paragraph with Carol P., please.
3: Good morning, everyone. Carol P. here, compulsive overeater. Perhaps we have committed a criminal offense which might land us in jail if it were known to the authorities. We may be short in our accounts and unable to make good. We have already admitted this in confidence to another person, but we are sure we would be imprisoned or lose our job if it were known. Maybe it's only a petty offense such as padding the expense account. Most of us have done that sort of thing. Maybe we are divorced and have remarried but haven't kept up the alimony to number one. She is indignant about it and has a warrant out for our arrest. arrest. That's a common form of trouble too. And I pass. Anyone like to comment on this paragraph? All right, well, I'll jump in here
0: just to develop this paragraph a little bit. We have already admitted this in confidence to another person, but we are sure we would be imprisoned or lose our job if it were known. Maybe it's only a petty offense such as padding the expense account. Most of us have done that sort of thing. Remember, uh this book was penned by those who experienced this. Uh it's penned by, you know, with the collective voice and wisdom and experience of those who blazed this trail. And uh, these first over 100 men and women, I mean, they were uh, gutter-level drinkers. They got into some trouble. You know, they got into some trouble. Um, They lost their families. They lost their homes. They almost lost their lives. Uh, They were certainly um, tornadoes roaring through, uh, you know, people's lives and, and businesses and all those kind of matters. It says maybe we are divorced and have remarried but haven't kept up the alimony to number one. Reassuring, you know, all of us out there that, um, you know, this disease deteriorates every facet of our life. It is, it is truly uh, a disease of annihilation, you know. It is a disease of viola- annihilation. It's also reassuring us here there is nothing new under the sun. If there's a name for it, it's already been done you know so if if there is um a part of your past uh, that is hard to look at again, it's a great opportunity <laughs> to remember where we came from um And what we're up against. This is a life and death errand. Some of these matters aren't easy to face, but what is the choice? How free do you want to be? What is the choice? Because these steps are a process. If we've already worked the first eight steps, what will happen if we don't go ahead and take steps nine? What will happen? Well, what's going to happen is we won't get over the guilt and remorse. That guilt and remorse will come back in our minds and produce greater fear. We're going to have to hide from people. We're going to have to avoid people that we owe money to, owe apologies to, owe an explanation. The fear is going to produce some self-pity and some resentment. And this is going to block off the sunlight of the spirit, which we so desperately need. So again, we're, we're in a corner here. That's it. We're cornered. The disease has cornered us. So, uh, you know, we take the bit in our mouth and we go forward with trust, reliance, and dependence on God and the help <laughs> and the direction and the guidance of uh, someone who has trudged this road ahead of us, meaning a recovered uh, compulsive overeater, a sponsor to guide us. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph
3: this morning? Okay, I'll take that as a no. And let's
0: move on to the next paragraph, please, with Judy B.
9: Uh, Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. This is Judy B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Although these reparations take innumerable forms, there are some general principles which we find guiding, reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience. We ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequences may be. We may lose our position or reputation or face jail, but we are willing. We have to be. We must not shrink at anything. I'd love to share on this paragraph. Um, being willing is such an important part of this. <coughs> uh, the part I'd like to go over is we ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing. And that reminds me of page 13, which my sponsor is often quoting. We ask that we be given direction and strength and um, to solve our problems. And so this is a, a general principle which we which will guide us through everything that we do. We ask God continually to give us strength and direction to do the right thing, to take the next right step. Over and over through every part of this program, and here they're talking about the ninth step. And if we're in doubt about anything, how to handle it, you know, we talk to our sponsor, and then we pray to God. We ask for the strength and the direction so that we know what to do and we are given that you know this works um we must not shrink at anything we just have to be willing to follow the uh, the directions that um that god gives us in our life and if we're quiet and take time to personally just sit with him we we will be given we will be given those directions and the strength with that i pass thank you
0: Thank you, Judy. Anyone else like to comment on what was read?
5: This is Paula Mashiach. This is
0: Janice. Paula and Janice, please. Thank you.
5: Thank you. This is Paula Recovered Compulsive Orient, and I'm going to scoot right on down to that last line We must not shrink at anything. See, here we stop the choosing. It's willing to do anything. It's not, well, I'm willing to do this, but not that. That's how I went through life. And that's how I stayed in my disease. So I couldn't shrink at anything anymore. Because another thing is, when I came into this, I'm not coming alone. I came with God beside me and inside me. Directing, yes. And that was so appropriately said, yes, strength and direction, given both. See, you can direct me. But he didn't leave us there. With no strength to do it. So here it comes together. What a duo. Direction and strength. That's what we have. So we don't shrink at anything. And that, if we don't shrink, then we grow. And then we grow. And this is part of the process. Enlarge my spiritual growth. And this is how we do it. Always with specific directions. And I needed that. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula and Janice.
7: This is Janice. Thank you very much. You know, I love this part of the big book. It, it's 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 always a place to do some real soul searching for me to look at where I've come from and where I'm headed. You know, we're we're being told that uh, a lot of us owe money. There's something about addicts and compulsive overeaters and alcoholics, and we end up getting ourselves in financial difficulties. We end up getting ourselves in financial difficulties. And sometimes it even goes further than that. You know, sometimes it's, it's even to the point where perhaps it's criminal. And, you know, what we're given, what we're given as part of this process is the strength and the courage when we pray for it, when we're standing close to our higher power, ever closer, ever closer, ever closer. We can do things we never, ever would have been able to imagine we can do. You know, blame was always just this way of me discharging my own pain and my own discomfort. But when the blame was gone, when I had to look, no more shame, no more guilt, no more trying to figure out How bad I've been, you know, now I could look at it clearly. And it began to lose its power over me because God began to be the power over it. And then I could do these things, I could face these things in a way I'd never been able to before. You know, these common forms of trouble that it says we all have, we all can face them too. Because we are given strength and direction to do the right thing. You know, I've had the great blessing of watching people. Watching people walk beside me in this process of recovery and face things I never would have imagined you could face with such courage, with such humility, facing their wrongs and helping me to face my own. Helping me to gather up the strength and the courage and the direction being given to me and face those things that were really hard. Go to that manager and, and say who I am and what I'm up against and try to make right anything. You know, facing no matter what the personal consequences. And sometimes I thought I would lose my reputation and I would face things that would be so difficult. But always, always, No matter what happened, it was transformed into something even more powerful, even more beautiful, even more honest. And I wanted that. And the more I experienced it, the more I wanted it. Because I was willing. We have to be. We have to be, it says. But what we are given is we are rocketed into that fourth dimension. We are. We are. And then we live in a way we never thought possible. But step nine is not an easy step. It's not an easy step. But it builds strength in us each time we do it. You know, something builds in us in a very real and beautiful way. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Gannis. Anyone else? Good morning. It's Margaret. Margaret. From New Jersey. Good morning. Thanks.
7: Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Leah, thank you, a vision for you. Um, You know, I was was, uh, listening, and it does build strength. You know, I used to sit there and pray, God, please give me the strength, give me the strength, give me the strength. And in the 12 and 12 of AA, he says it's a fascinating journey. And once we get to the point where enough courage comes, once I could get to the point that enough courage would come, then the fear began to lift, and it began to disintegrate. In in uh, in my hands the uh, the fear, and I, I was thinking so much this weekend of the pain of discipline versus the the pain of regret. You know, I thought I thought long and hard about that this weekend, and I can see more and more things just come up. Even though I'm done my fourth and fifth step, some little things have been coming up, and I I, I I'm going to make uh, time with my sponsor to meet her face to face. I I do have a face to face sponsor where I can sit and talk to her and just tell her because I just want to shine that light on that part of me. I, it's just a wonderful fascinating dirty, though it's scary in the beginning it's really scary but as we go through it the fear does begin to lift and we really realize that we can get free and i i uh heard jana say that word build uh we, we need to build this and that's what bill saw in his story he, he said he needed to build this and he wanted to escape you know and every day i think to myself how free do i want to be you know bill saw that Ebbie had escaped and that is uh, that that is what I wanted to do? I wanted to escape my insanity of compulsive eating, and this was the only way out for me. So, it's it's a wonderful journey. It's a scary journey, but you're not in it alone. Just just keep coming. Just keep listening, and the journey will begin to really take your life, and it's um, you'll find that peace. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Margaret. Anyone else on this paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, go ahead. Good morning, everyone, again. Reminding ourselves
7: that we have decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience. So what is our goal? What is our aim? You know, is our aim just to to fit in the size six jeans? Is our aim just abstinence? You know, we have to be reminded we're going to any lengths to find that spiritual experience, that psychic change sufficient to bring about recovery. Because the goal is not just to put the food down, the goal is to have that obsession of the mind removed. And that is only done through these steps. You know, absence is what's going to give us the availability to do that. And we have to recognize absence isn't the goal. Absence is what's going to make us available so we can work towards that goal of being reunited with God through that spiritual experience. So we have to just remember we decided, we decided with step three that we were going to go to any lengths. And that decision will have depth and weight if we follow through with these, these action steps of four through nine. And why wasn't I able to get that? Why was I able to put the food down for a certain amount of time, go to a certain number of meetings, pick and choose what steps I did, and I would go back to the food? Why was that? You know, and I look back at page 11 in Bill's story where he talks about what Evie was telling him and what his idea of religion and spirituality was. says, for myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult and the rest I disregarded. So are we going to do that with Step 9? Are we going to do the ones that seem convenient, the ones that aren't too difficult, and disregard the rest? Because we want to be free. The miracle of this program is not that I don't have to eat. The miracle of this program is I don't want to eat. And the reason I don't want to eat is because I've had that spiritual experience. Because I decided to go to any lengths, any lengths, to find that spiritual experience. So once again, we are at that point. We are at that finish line. We have put down those, those people. And we have maybe put those people in the back. You know, the way that I was taught was put in the ones we're willing to do now, put the ones we're willing to do later, and the ones we're never, ever going to do. And if I don't get those ones I'm never, ever going to do, to be in that column may maybe willing to do later and then eventually into willing to do now, I may not get that spiritual experience. So that is what I have to do. I have to be willing to go to any length because I have to know what the goal is. What is the goal? What is the aim? It's that psychic change, that spiritual awakening, that spiritual experience, that personality change, change that is sufficient to bring about recovery. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you very much, and we are out of time. Thank you to everyone who has shared this morning, and we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Penny E., are you available to read from page 164?
3: I am, Leah. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little